Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to run simple. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, oh, come on, you know this is where the best run. And if you don't are not aware of it. This is season nine of Financial Excellence with Game Changers, making it our longest running series under the banner of Game Changers Radio. Thank you to Chris Grundy and his team at SAP. So let's see what the buzz is today. An interesting topic. It will take your mind off of almost everything going on in the world today. I don't need to say what it is. Here's the buzz. I found this in an, uh, a website called internationaltaxreview.com. And here we go. The quote is, today we are at a turning point in tax the new digital tax function is now evolving at great pace to become a strategic component of enterprise transformation, unquote. Just let that sink in for a minute. A lot of buzzwords in there. New digital tax function. A lot of companies start digital in their tax function, but it is evolving. Turning point in tax, and people are probably saying, oh, thank goodness. And strategic component of enterprise transformation. That means it's bigger than just a bunch of spreadsheets. We've been saying that on this series for years. So let me tell you more. Tax functions in many organizations, and you know who you are in our global audience, tax functions are yet to fully embrace integrated technology as a critical enabler to tacking, tackling a growing reporting and compliance burden. Yes, compliance and regulations and governance are still there. What's the downside? Well, these companies are focusing way too much time, way too much people power, way too much effort on reporting and file preparation. What could they be doing in Instead, they could be using technology to create valuable business insights and business intelligence, that's a key, to help with strategic decision-making. But the good news, the tide is turning. I have three experts today. We're so thrilled to have them. They're all over the world, which is where our audience is. And they're going to talk about the merits of using advanced platform technologies applied, of course, with the right smarts, the right savvy, the right know-how, using skills and resources all put together. Why? To elevate the tax function from just handling compliance, we know that's still required, to becoming a strategic business partner. So welcome again. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Let me tell you who my three panelists are, and then I will ask each of them to introduce themselves. So in a moment, we'll be hearing from Matthias Klein at BASF. So happy to have him on board. We have Svenung Bauman Larson. I'm learning to pronounce his name at EY. Also very happy to have him here in many ways. And Michelle Hasendonks at SAP. And Michelle has been on Game Changers with me before. And we're thrilled to have him back. Our topic today, if you haven't guessed, is don't let tax keep taxing your finance function. And I could have said don't let don't don't let tax tax you. But everybody would have said, how could you use the same word twice in a sentence? So let's start with Matthias Klein. Matthias, welcome to Game Changers, and please tell us what you do, who you are, a little bit about your background, if you can squeeze that into two minutes, and what is your passion for this topic. Matthias, welcome. Thank you very much, Bonnie. Yeah, also. Hello and welcome from my side. Uh, my name is Matthias Klein and I work in BSF Taxes and Duties Department. I'm responsible for the digitalization topic in our global organization. Actually, I've been working for BSF for the last 18 years and I began my career in the crop protection business and uh, there I was already responsible for a lot of tax topics. Yeah, So that's my link then to tax. And especially when in the early 2000, uh, transfer pricing 
uh, arise there yeah, is a big topic um, I was focusing and later on then working in the tax department as an expert on that topic. Since 2018, now I'm doing a really a deep dive on tax technologies, yeah, seeing where we can get opportunities out of that and also yeah, to manage risk in that area. And for sure, we are also driving digitalization in our tax department. Tell me something, Matthias. Is it okay, getting exciting to work in tax? Is there, is there some this whole concept of the new digital tax function? Are people saying, yes, I'm getting out of college and I want to work in this department in, in this big company or this small company because it's a great place to be and the technology is exciting. Is that happening yet? Definitely, definitely. And um, I would say it's coming very strong. Yeah, It's a big change to tax. Yeah, so the world in tax is really changing. If you would have asked me maybe just three years ago, um, I would probably tell you, okay, yes, digitalization is important, yeah, but probably it's not the number one. But meanwhile, uh, it's really coming from from all ends to us, yeah. And I think that, that also, like you said, it makes um, maybe you could say a little bit a dry topic of text more uh, tangible and more uh, future proof. I like that future proof. I haven't heard that word in a long time. Thank you very much. Pleasure to have you on the show. I'm going to move one chair around the virtual table to Svenning Bauman Larson. Svenning, welcome to Game Changers Radio. And why don't you do the same? Tell us who you are, what you do, a little about your background. And is tax exciting these days? Svenning, go ahead. Yeah, thanks a lot, Bonnie. Indeed, I'm mm-hmm. pleased to be here. I've been in isolation for the COVID virus now for seven days, so this mm-hmm. gives me a voice out to the world. Uh, but that aside, uh, from a professional life, I've been um, working with tax and technology for now quite some time. I am a partner in EY, and I lead a group of people um, which in the service area, uh, platform solutions and intelligence. What we are specializing in is to help our clients to drive insights into um, revenues, cost, and profitabilities, also for tax purposes. And I've been doing that for approximately now 10 years. And the way I kind of got into the whole area of tax and technology, I think, was by random. I stumbled into it, uh, basically Hmm. coming from probably tax would regard to be the dark side, so finance and technology, back in 2007, where I was um, asked to join a tax project. And what really amazed me, and I still find that incredibly interesting, was how little, how little technology enablement the tax function actually had in comparison to how much of a complete enterprise P&L that they are actually controlling. Most of the work were happening in spreadsheets, and they spent a lot of time on just compiling data, on analyzing data, and trying to figure out whether the data they had was correct or not, and where it came from. And after that, I kind of devoted my professional career into the intersection between finance, uh, technology, and tax. As I really see that these technology-enabled tax functions can drive transformational benefits to the group or to the multinationals. It so that's where exciting. I'm coming from. Bonnie. 
Yeah, it sounds it sounds exciting. It sounds like sometimes vending we do find ourselves at a crossroads or a path and there's a road ahead and there might be a couple of sidebars or a fork, right? And sometimes we look into a different direction. That's how I got into professional radio almost just spoke up at the right time and said, what about? And it happened. And, and I, I appreciate your story very, very much. We never know where we're going to end up, do we? Svenning, thank you so much and welcome. And I'm glad you are with us today for many reasons. And let's move one seat around the table to our third panelist, Michelle Hasendonks. And I'm going to spell his last name for everybody so you'll know why I say it the way I do. Michelle, forgive me. It's H-A-E-S-E-N. D-O-N-C-K-X, and I think I got it right. Michelle, welcome back. It's been quite a while since we've been on radio together. I'm so happy to have you here. Please tell us who you are, what you do at SAP, and what's your passion for the topic. Go ahead. So hello, everybody, and uh, thanks for having me on the show again, Bonnie. Mm -hmm. It was a pleasure the first time. Uh, It's going to be for sure a pleasure this time again, and it's incredible that you spell it out uh, completely (laughs) correctly. I know my my surname is... (laughs) quite complex, which, of course, um, doesn't have anything to do with the topic which we're dealing with uh, today, right? It's uh, oversimple. No, that's not, that's not, <laughs> that's not true. Uh, that's a good one. But, Go uh, ahead. But it, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting. Uh, let's see. Um, now, I'm probably from, from um, Matthias and, and Sveno. I'm probably the, the person on the panel with less, uh, less or least experience with specific tax topics. Um, but nevertheless, I, I, I feel it's, it's interesting to, to be on the show and basically also shed some light on that from, from a broader finance perspective. Because that's basically my role at SAP. I'm part of our global solution management team, which I always translate very simply stated as the human interface between our development organization, so actually mm-hmm. the people writing and building and coding the software, and the real world outside. Um, of which, of course, BASF uh, is, is definitely part of, but also our partners at EY are, are let's say, very important in, um, because it's not, it's never just about technology. Everything starts from the, the business requirements. And let's say my, my view is always coming from the end-to-end view of finance. Um, and, and let's say late, lately we have been talking a lot about value creation for an, or for an organization, making sure that finance people are, let's say, driving forces behind that value creation for another organization. But at the same time, we also need to make sure that we protect the value that we are creating. And this is where tax, from my perspective, comes really in very interestingly, Um, both uh, in terms of protecting the values from the compliance angle, where, of course, we need to follow a lot of tax regulations, but at the same time, also thinking and being creative about how we work with tax and, and, and thinking about tax optimization, that's where basically a lot of creativity can come from. And let's see where additional value for the organization can very easily be uh, created, especially thinking about global or the global economy um, and, and, and thinking about all, of, all kinds of business transformations which are going on today. So very, very glad to be here. Thank you. And you said something, Michelle, that brought back dear memories to me. Uh, I was the human interface between two departments, two functions of what used to be called a correspondent bank. Do you remember what those were? I don't know if they have them anymore. Michelle, anybody on the panel? 
Yeah, I worked for Savings Banks Trust Company in New York City many, many, many ah. years ago. And I was the, the marketing, I was the whole marketing department when they got rid of everybody else. But what was interesting was I, I worked on the long, at the Long Island. I was hired by the Long Island branch, which was about a 30 minute car drive from my home on Long Island. And, uh, when they hired me, they said, you're going to, we're going to create a whole new, a whole new job title for you, Bonnie. And I said, what is it? They said, you're going to be the systems liaison. And I said, well, would you please tell me what I'm going to do? They said, well, you have years of background as a programmer analyst. I came, I had worked in Oregon for the community college division, and I was a really hotshot COBOL and PL1 programmer on big mainframe systems. And they said, you're going to take your background, understanding IT, it was called information management systems, IMS in those days, and we're going to have you sit with the coders, the computer department, the analysts, the people who make the programs happen. And then we're going to have you go around the company, go to the New York City office and talk to the different departments and find out what they need. What reports do they need? What programs do they need? What do they need to do their job functions? And they said, you're going to come back from these tours and you're going to talk to the programmers and tell them what the field needs. So they created the job of systems liaison. Does that sound about interesting to you, Michelle? Michelle, ring a bell? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it rings a very big bell. I, I can only say that I'm lucky that I'm not the only person in our team uh, having to uh, do this liaison uh, role. Or, um, but absolutely, um, this is where a lot of, let's say, the software that we're building today is coming from, from the business needs and requirements behind. That's also why I can't repeat enough that it's, uh, it's so much fun to be on the show together with let's say, uh, Matthias and uh, Svenung, because we have three completely different perspectives on the matter. Yes. Thank you very much. Good. Thanks for those memories. It was it was fun. They later had me doing uh, coding for a turnkey banking system with a, an Asian bank in Manhattan, and I got to bring out my old COBOL book and work on a drum terminal and, and replace the consultant who they had hired to do all the coding. They said, yeah, you know enough COBOL. You can do it. So I was coding as well as running the whole marketing department. It was a lot of fun back in the day. You just rolled up your sleeves and did whatever was needed to keep business going. So thank you very much. Gentlemen, loved your bios. Really appreciate Appreciate your energy. And now let's go around the table to our listeners. This is the part of the show where I have asked my panelists in advance to kindly send me a quote that has nothing to do with our topic specifically. And then I'm going to ask them each now here on air to draw that dotted line or those breadcrumbs to relate the quote they selected to the topic. So, Matthias Klein, we're going to start with you, and you sent us a quote from Albert Einstein, 1879 to 1955, German-born theoretical physicist. You all know he developed the theory of relativity, and his famous mass-energy equivalence formula, E equals mc squared, is considered the world's most famous equation. He received the 1921 Nobel Prize in physics. There we go. Here's the quote. You never fail unless you stop trying. Ooh, Matthias, how does this relate to our topic about tax? Absolutely. From my understanding, really, this asset um, tax is being, yeah, the digitalization, I would not say overrun, but it's really coming very strongly in a very short period, bringing uh, a lot of change to the, to the organization, to people. And um, I think that uh, is, is, is more than just, let's say, a project from A to that takes you from A to B. I think it's rather something, like, like I said in the beginning, really make the tax department future-proof, yeah? Like uh, linking 
linking um, the, the, the history with the future. And I think in this transition, um, it, it's very, very important uh, that we also change our attitude when it comes to failure culture. Yeah, And so I really like this quote. I also, also found some... Uh, related to this, so there apparently it's a it's a topic that many um, many many intelligent people were thinking about. But I think really the basis of what what why I like it is really that that you need to rethink how you interpret a failure. Yeah, so from something really something negative, maybe rather to something unexpected. Yeah, and mm-hmm. from, if you manage to to change that perception, I think it makes. You much uh, it makes it much easier for you to to accept and also learn from uh, from failures yeah from attempts yeah so therefore I think in in this phase of transition of of really maybe overwhelming change I think it's good to to um, to, to to understand it and, and change attitude in this regard. I Thank think you helps. very much. Love the quote. It, it it applies to everything in life today, doesn't it, Matthias? Everything the world is trying to do, you never fail unless sure. you stop trying. It's it's words to live by. For Amen. Sure. Thank you very much. You didn't you didn't know when you picked it that we'd be talking about it that way, but we're not really. But maybe we could. Now here's another great quote to live by from Sveinig Bauman Larson, and this is a quote from Walt Disney. Walter Elias Disney, 1901 to 1966. Everybody knows he was the voice actor, animator, film producer, and a pioneer of the cartoon animation industry. He holds the record for the most Academy Awards earned by any individual. He won 22 Oscars out of 59 nominations, and... Disneyland, Disney World, and Mickey Mouse, and all those wonderful characters. He was certainly a pioneer. So here is the quote, another good one, Svenig. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Another, I'm not going to get religious here, but amen to that, <laughs> or hallelujah. So Svenig, how did you pick this quote for us today? Now, first of all, I mean, uh, I think everyone has some kind of relationship to Walt Disney, Right. His cartoons, his movies, everything has been rolling on the screens or published in magazines for, for many, many decades. And I particularly like his, his cartoons still. Uh, I have a very much uh, relation to them. We watch them on Christmas Eve. We watch them regularly with the kids and so on and so forth. And, and looking at you know that statement or that quote, I think it's really applying to a lot of things in life, also business life. Uh, and I think we as human beings, we are partly afraid, we are caught up in politics, we are caught up in all kinds of assessments and considerations. And sometimes these are actually inhibiting us from moving the world forward. And indeed, they are also inhibiting certain tax functions from moving forward. Why? Because they haven't done this. They haven't done this before. They feel they might not have the capabilities, the competencies to do it. They might fear, how would others look at us as a function? What if we fail? And then I just want to kind of point out that if we don't try, we can't know whether we fail. And in that regard, the journey is equal important as the result. So my kind of focus is, yes, just get started and we'll figure it out as we go. Nobody gets it right in the first place. Bonnie? Yep, 
very much. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate the quotes. Everything just seems to matter more and more these days to what we're all going through. Michelle Hasendong, so I'm looking at your quote. You broke the mold here, and I love it. It's it's fascinating, and I have to tell you, I won't give the quote yet, but it was by a gentleman. It is by a gentleman uh, who is named John Howard. There are lots of John Howards in the world, Michelle. So I knew it wasn't certain politicians and statespeople, and I kept looking and looking and looking, and I found it. So John Howard, the one we're talking about, is a, I consider him a young man born in 1947. He's an Olympic cyclist from the U.S., born in Springfield, Missouri. He set a land speed record of 152.2 miles per hour. For those of you in Europe, that's 245 kilometers per hour, and you can do the translation, while motor pacing on a pedal bicycle on July 20th, 1985 on Utah's Bonneville Salt Flats. The record was beaten in 1995, 10 years later, by Fred Rompelberg. John Howard once rode his bike 152 miles behind a windscreen. I think that was the time. He is the co-author of a book called The Cyclist's Companion. And here is the quote, Michelle. It's from page 157. I don't know if you knew that. The bicycle is a curious vehicle. Its passenger is its engine. I love the quote. Michelle, help me out. How does this relate to our topic? Go ahead. <laughs> like, first of all, like, I didn't even know who John Howard is myself, so thanks for feeling <laughs> me in on that. Uh, <laughs> I've been noting this down on the, on the go. Uh, and why I like uh, the, the quote is because, let's say, well, some of you might know I'm uh, based out of Belgium, uh, we have this little term called the Flandrien. Uh, it's, uh, it's a Flemish French uh, term, which is resembling, let's say, the idea of somebody is on his bicycle through the winter, through all of the bad weather we experience here, through all the rain and the wind, which we keep on going. Um, and that's what I try to do in my, uh, let's say, private time as well, every now and then, just to take to stay healthy and to stay uh, uh, upbeat, uh, let's say. Uh, that's basically my my personal relationship to bicycles. And then accidentally, uh, let's say, I, I read quite some quotes, uh, let's say, in magazines. And somewhere I don't even know where, basically, this popped up. And I thought, hey, well, this is interesting because, you know, um, the, the idea behind it is, is really um, um, what he says is basically is looking at things from different angles, uh, right? If you think about um, an engine of a vehicle, like, if you, I would ask you to list out all of the possible engines that you can find in any type of vehicle around the world, probably never, ever you would come up with the idea that actually the passenger is actually the, the engine. So it's just, uh, that's what struck me in there. And I think also from, from the topic, uh, like, any, basically any topic, but also for the topic of today, uh, I think that it, it, it's always interesting to try to look at uh, at topics from different angles. Um, that's what I love to do. Um, that's uh, what I always try to do. And also from a text perspective, let's say uh, I, I was just mentioning very briefly, uh, like typically uh, it's about compliance uh, or seen as a compliance-related topic. But say, you know, if we think about tax transfer price optimization, there's a lot of value that we can create. That's just one of the other angles. And it's only one of the examples where I can apply this idea of having a multi-view on the, and basically any topic. So back to you. 
I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. I just tweeted it. I think people are looking for wonderful, interesting ways to look at the world. By the way, when I tweeted it, um, I, <laughs> Michelle, I didn't have a picture of a bicycle, so I had a picture of a car engine, and I thought that would be funny, the bicycle <laughs> where the passenger is the engine. I thought it'd be really cool to be looking at a huge car engine, so forgive me for that, but it's it's on Twitter at hashtag SAP Radio, and I'm at Radio Red 777. Thank you, gentlemen. Really appreciate the time you took for the quotes and even more how you explained how they relate to our topic. I think we're going to skip the break because it's just about 1030 here in the U.S. and Eastern time zone and I want to keep this momentum going. So I hope you all have something refreshing to drink or whatever you need to keep you going because we've got another half hour of conversation. We're going to launch into the roundtable part of the show and I have asked my panelists in advance to send me four statements of what's important to them on our topic today. By the way, if you're just tuning in, this is Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio Season 9, Episode 3. Thank you, Chris Grundy. And the topic is don't let tax become too taxing for your tax function. T-A-X, that's the operative word there. My very wonderful panelists are Matthias Klein at BASF, Svenung Bauman Larson at EY, and Michelle Hasendonks at SAP. And I'm still Bonnie D. Graham, aka Radio Red. Matthias, let me look at statement number two here. I like this because it's it's a little bit of a recall of what I said in my opening, and I think we can dive into this. You say the world of taxes might be a late adopter to digitalization, but it's picking up speed a lot now. Motivation is sourced from increasing focus on national interests and digitalization delivers the means. You want to go there, please, Matthias, and then we'll go around the table and see what the others think? Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, what really happening is, you know, if motivation and ability comes together, then things start moving, yeah? And I think that's really what's happening now in in the world of tech because, um, um, as you know, you mentioned already national... Uh, interests are becoming more up into the priority. Maybe the the, the construct of um, of um, big uh, global value chains um, might run in, into troubles. Yeah, if if that interest uh, are growing, and um, so so therefore, um, tax in this regard is just one construct. Yeah, or one measure how you can. Uh, apply this national interest. Yeah, we saw this uh, during the last months um, on on duties. Yeah, that's maybe the first mean that you can mm-hmm. take and very easy. And uh, with digitalization, there are also more elaborated things that you can uh, use to 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 put uh, focus or to to drive forward uh, your interests. Yeah, if you look to the different tax legislations. Yeah, so therefore, I think um, that's really the, the motivation on one side. On the other side, digitalization is an enabler yeah, to, to, to bring these things on the road, yeah, to, 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 to get things moving. Uh, that's really coming now together. And that's why we see this uh, strong and fast movement of, um, in, in the tax area. Yeah. Thank you, Matthias. Appreciate that. Svending, why don't you join us? Thoughts? Agree or disagree? What do you see as far as this escalation or evolution and the speed with which digitalization is being adopted? I'll put parenthetically, like it or not, by legacy uh, staff. It's being adopted now more into the tax department CFO area. What do you see, Svening? Thanks, Bonnie. No, I very much agree with what Matthias is saying. 
And I think there are, you know, as Matthias is, is pointing out, uh, capabilities and motivation. These two things come together. But I also see, you know, two principal reasons why these two things are coming together. Um, the first principle is a pressure point towards any multinational, which is really how the tax authorities are evolving and the fight amongst different competent authorities to protect their tax base, to make sure that their welfare programs is, is running smoothly. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, uh, they're introducing new rules, new legislation, and new ways of controlling the fact that the different multinational companies are actually paying the appropriate portion of their taxes. And and these reporting obligations, they are now becoming so fine-tuned and so granular that I don't think that multinationals going forward would have any other option than to adopt technology to cope with the reporting requirements. So, Bonnie, let me use an example to you. Please. In Spain, in Spain... Every single multinational has to submit their accounts receivable and payable every fourth day, right? Mm. That's a lot of information that needs to be submitted. Italy has similar rules, which is, you know, occurring on the fly for VAT purposes. Brazil has had rules like this where the authorities are controlling the financial flows for a long time. So, again, that's the tax authority perspective. They want to get reports granular information so that they can control the tax base. But then on the other side, to the authority uh, principle or perspective, you would also have the internal perspective of the multinationals. And I think tax is is very much a part of the organization, and you can't decouple the tax function from the finance function and the remaining business functions. So again, when you see multinationals, race down the line to improve efficiencies, to get to continuous close processes for finance, to optimize their supply chains, uh, all to reduce the overall cost, potentially also improving the bottom lines. Yeah, then tax just have to follow that bandwagon. Mm -hmm. The question that I've seen being posted to tax, uh, uh, tax directors is, so what's your contribution to digitalization? How are you going to cut costs? How are you going to become more efficient? And that's also a internal driver, right, for tax technologies to be adopted. So I see these two things, external perspectives and internal perspectives coming together, and then that overlays to a large extent also what uh, Matthias is saying about capabilities and motivation. Thank you so much. Motivation is coming from many directions. I realize when you say multinational, I think that's the key to this part of our discussion. Michelle Hasendox, please join us. Agree or disagree or just add your own thought leadership. What are you observing? Well, um, let's say from, from, from my role, I, I do I do agree with, let's say, the, the statements which are already made and, and especially on the, on the motivation bit, I think, um, as, as was already explained by, uh, by Otto Svenum, there's, let's say, both an internal as well as an external motivation. Basically, there's the pressure uh, coming from the tax authorities, which are changing on a weekly basis in some areas of the world. Uh, so very hard, very difficult to follow, um, basically forcing uh, organizations into, let's say, new ways of dealing with uh, all of these compliance um, ob- obligations, uh, let's put it that way. 
um, so couldn't agree more. And that's also where we see an increased amount of, let's say, questions coming into our organization, like how can we support in terms of automation on, on that side? And of course, let's, uh, let's not forget indeed the, uh, the, the rejection of the cost of finance. Um, although in general, in the, on, the, on the finance area, I think there is, there's one side note I would like to make to that uh, second point, and that is in, in general, I see there's, that there's maybe less of an, an effort on, on trying to reduce the cost of finance and also the, co- the cost of the tax or related to the tax department within that broader sense. Um, but let's see more uh, look at how can we shift the role of uh, our tax people in the organization to move into more value-adding uh, creation uh, or basically uh, yeah, value-adding uh, roles rather than just the administrative stuff or making sure that we declare or we do the, the right tax declarations and so on and so forth, especially in, let's say, multinational organizations uh, where, in fact, there is probably a little more freedom to try to think of alternatives by resetting or shifting uh, the supply chain, for instance, to a certain extent, or at least the financial uh, chain to a certain extent. Thank you very much. Good around the table. Matthias, anything you want to add to your two very smart panelists who have have added to your conversation here? No, no. I I would even, the the topic that uh, Michael pointed out, that there is a huge efficiency potential. I would really, mm-hmm. um, fu- I fully agree to that and I would really like to emphasize because um, tax maybe in the past often has been one out of many topics uh, that finance um, units must take care of. Yeah, And uh, for at least what, what I see um, th- that uh, often uh, such efficiency potentials were not uh, grasped yeah, or not taken in the past. So therefore, I think it's a very valuable, very grateful area to apply such efficiency gain measure yeah, because there is this uh, big potential due to the legacy of the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Thank I you very much. Thank you. Good conversations. Fennig, I'm looking at your statements. I'm going to combine number three and number four. I think we might be able to get them together and, and discuss this whole thing. So let me read both statements together, Fennig, with your permission, and then I'll have you talk for about two minutes, and then we'll see what Michelle and Matthias have to say. So first of all, you say the tax function of the future will have a different resource profile than in the past. Focus will be on tax operations technology, which is what we're talking about, and process excellence. Then you add in statement four, technology can take you only so far. Remember process excellence and integration between different functional domains. So, Svenig, with your permission, why did, well, I've already given you permission. Please, please expand on both of these together. I think they go together very nicely looking forward. So, Svenig, all yours. Go ahead, please. What do you see? Thanks. Thanks a lot, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it goes into what Matthias already started talking about, and, and that is really if if we are going to have that motivation, um, we also need that competency. And together with those two pressure points that we called out in, in the previous discussion on tax authorities need more granular information, taxes being asked to do more with less, that means that we can't or at least I can't see that a multinational resource profile in the tax function will remain um, as people that knows how the tax law works and would act as in-house consultants to the business based on a certain set of facts that they are being provided with. 
I see that uh, we will get a different resource profile in to deal with the fact that uh, tax has certain requirements. So to your earlier point about Kubol and being that business liaison, we will see that a tax function is starting to adopt what we call tax technologists. And we already see that. We already see that, you know, large multinationals have put positions in place which they are calling tax technology manager. And their role it's pretty much the same as your role used to be, uh, Bonnie. It's basically mm-hmm. liaising with the different parts of the tax function because the tax function is not only the tax function. There are different speciality domains in the tax function. You have, like TS called out, customs. Uh, you might have withholding taxes or general sales taxes. You might have uh, direct taxes, transfer pricing being part of it, and so on and so forth. And all of these different tax domains have a different data and a different technology need. So that tax technology manager, the role would be to understand those needs, work towards, you know, enterprise IT and communicate those needs, work against external advisors, making sure that solutions are being put in place that fits those needs. So... That's something that I see when it comes to the resource profile. But not only a tax technology manager will be sufficient. And I'll bring up a good example of that. Technology can only take you so far. And I was referring to a client example. I had one of my very good clients, very advanced when it comes to tax and technology, calling me here the other day, asking some questions on process connectivity. And what the client have done, actually, is to create a data lake where they're basically putting all their enterprise data into one lake. And what happened as part of that was that all the different functional domains in tax, the ones I mentioned, rushed towards that data lake and started to create their own small applications that consumed data. But what they didn't think about was the process connectivity. Mm-hmm. That transfer pricing is the basis for your customs duties and customs duties and the price that you get after that might be the basis for your VAT and the VAT and the price and everything is the for, forms the basis for your uh, P&L information which is the basis for your uh, global compliance and reporting requirements so they struggled as they didn't think about the connectivity between the different tax domains and how that was anchored in the wider finance organizations when it comes to postings onto profit centers and the like. So again, process excellence is really key to succeed with tax and technologies. Thank you. Michelle Hassendungs, please jump in here. A lot to talk about. What do you think about process excellence? I love the way he says process. That's a Canadian pronunciation by the Wells Process. I say process, so I know somebody's Canadian, and I know you are not. So, Michelle, what, in whatever language you want, what do you think about process, process excellence? Please join us. Uh, I won't switch to Dutch. Uh, I'll stick to English, otherwise it's going to be hard to uh, to follow. But what I what I definitely uh, where I, I, I definitely share the point with uh, with finding was was saying is that we have these makes this very ancient triangle. Of or three items which always come together and which need to be in sync, and that's people, process, and systems, uh, or whatever variation of this, let's say, theme 
that we all are thinking of uh, constantly in the back of our head. Um, but I do agree that, let's say, in the far center between people, processes, and systems, let's say there is data indeed uh, with an increasing and increasing importance. Um, of course, uh, the technology with, without people, it's worth nothing at all. Um, uh, but, of course, if we just apply something uh, technologically by people, but we don't think about the underlying process or even multiple processes, uh, let's say, linked to, to each other, that's not going to work. And, of course, also, let's say, in order to ease up the lives and basically have some efficiency gains in the, in the execution of certain processes or, um, let's say, in the way we treat and we can manage data, of course, that's where the systems uh, aspect comes in, which is, of course, the, the element which which uh, I typically focus on from an SAP perspective, as you can imagine. Um, so I, I definitely recognize, let's say, the, the, this triangle, which, let's say, is, is applicable not only to the tax function, not only to the finance function, but basically to any function uh, which is out there. What I, what I do see, however, let's say, just looking at customer conversations that I've been running also uh, recently, there is an increase, there's an incredible increased interest in, let's say, tax-related topics, whereas, you know, five years ago, like, it was all about, let's say, making sure that my financial closure was more efficient. More recently, there's, um, of course, a, a much increased interest in everything around profitability and performance management. Let's say, recently, let's say, this, uh, these tax-related topics are really getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And... Um, Let's see, we, we are answering to that um, and, and in, in different ways. Of course, by automating certain processes, by automating reporting, by um, going into the different directions in terms of automation. But one element which I'd like to highlight, which is again underlying this, this, uh, this very important combination of people, processes, and systems, let's say, around data, is, for instance, um, how we treat let's say, a different tax regulations which need to be supported across the globe, especially in the view of, of multinationals. Um, and there, I must admit, let's say SAP is not a tax expert. It's not mm -hmm. a tax software company or anything like that. But what we, uh, what we try to do, and I think what, um, what people are also, to, to a certain extent, are looking for is support on, let's say, how we need to execute processes, how we need to execute uh, let's say these types of um, regulations, which are uh, tax uh, tax relevant, um, and basically bring all of the elements together uh, in what we call a tax hub, um, which is not just a te technology solution, but which is let's say enabling let's say um, let's say multiple experts like like e, uh, my my friends from EY on the other side of the of the line, let's say to also plug in uh, let's say all of the experience that they have combined with the data treatment and the automation and the system support we have and basically closely work together with with people and with organizations out there let's say to let's say take uh, to, to bring the best out of this so this is definitely not just a, a technology piece I fully agree the importance of let's say the other dimensions here as well and through technology in fact we try to even link the the people process and data element closer together um, and make it more efficient and flexible at the same time. Because apart from, let's say, making sure that we're having efficiency gains, let's say, if we think of some of the tax subdomains that Sveinung was mentioning, like transfer pricing there, in fact, it's really flexibility, simulation capabilities, 
working around in a very flexible way, uh, not a constant way, uh, to, uh, let's say, evolve over time and to create value for the organization. That's uh, some first thoughts. Uh, Good. Good thoughts. Matthias Klein, let's get you in here. We're looking at the clock. We've got seven minutes left. I want to finish this, and I have one more quick topic I want to sneak in before our predictions. Matthias, thoughts about what we've been discussing in detail around the table. What do you see? Yeah, I, I also agree to, to the discussion um, so far. I would maybe in terms of people and process that would even start one step before, yeah, because um, we value people and really their, their, their knowledge that they have and contribute, but um, especially colleagues with a legal background, they're really used to the collaboration scheme of a case-by-case discussion. Yeah, So they, they Svanum also mentioned it, they're, they're, they're used to get the facts and then they give their uh, opinion on that. Yeah, And that's, I think, already the first step to take, really come from a case-by-case discussion to a process. And what we did in BSF was to really set tax operations as a new enabling process Yeah, and just just by by defining that formally, yeah, try to to invoke that um, yeah change of the mental model, and uh, also at the end to make us as tax department compatible with the other end-to-end processes in the company. And I think that's really the first step um, that you need to take, and and then there are the others that uh, Sweinung and um, Michael already very good reference to. Yeah. Thank you. Good conversation. Michelle, I'm looking at your last statement, intelligent automation. I'm just going to give you two minutes for this, and then I would love Matthias and Sveinig to please have your predictions ready, 60 seconds each, and we'll see if we have time for I think Michelle's is going to be what we're discussing right now. He says, if we look at how cars start to drive themselves, okay, autonomous vehicles, and we ask digital assistants by voice what song to play in our homes, why shouldn't we consider applying a similar way of working, in quotes, way of working, to how we apply and make use of tax regulations? I wish you would explain this to me. It sounds very interesting. People process everything. Michelle, what does this all mean to us for future? And and this is going to be your prediction, so go ahead. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much, Bonnie. <laughs> so let's see. Well, in terms of... <laughs> In terms, like there, there, there's, there's billions of thoughts uh, behind it. So now I'm gonna stick it, uh, stick it to into two minutes. Uh, I'll try, I'll yep. definitely try to. Let's okay. Say, um, like, um, we're, we're often, um, let's see, if we, if we just go back, um, in the past, we basically we saw, um, let's say a lot of, uh, business, uh, related automation find its way to, to our private lives. Um, or even, let's say, even a step uh, before that, like say we we saw a lot of inventions coming from from military. If you think about GPS, um, for instance, let's say that that was really coming from uh, military, basically sucked into business uh, applications and then to into our private homes. Nowadays, I have the idea that we basically are turning around. But basically, we a lot we have a lot of automation and and, and modern technology at home, uh, which we all have access to, like you know uh, these smart. Uh, uh, smart agents and, and, and so on and so on and so forth. And sometimes I have the feeling that we are, like, say, missing parts at least of the opportunity to, to bring this back to, to the business world, where, whereas in the past it was kind of the other way around. And I, I do believe, let's say, we, in different areas of finance and especially in, in the operational execution of certain tasks, we basically are getting there again. Um, the area where I think there's still a lot of improvement, room for improvement is in the area of, uh, let's say, tax, uh, where I do believe that, let's say, we can really rethink 
much further the way that the tax function uh, and especially the operational side of the tax function is being being executed in order to basically uh, go a step ahead and really be able to simulate rather than just apply the the, the tax rules which which should be applied and and there let's say things like machine learning uh, mm-hmm. in addition to rule based engines are just a couple of things and thoughts uh, that uh, that actually we we see questions coming in and ideas coming in and and we coordinate even with uh, with customers uh, of ours so real companies out there thank so you michelle i'm going to stop you there because i need time. yeah i'm going to stop you there i have 30 seconds left for each of the other two so matthias klein predictions what's going to happen with don't let tax become too taxing for your tax function tax 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 go ahead so from my perspective really tax departments must adjust the, the way they are collaborating with business. Yeah? So in order to contribute also value in the future, it's really essential that uh, our tax expertise, uh, we contribute it in a digital format to, to other processes yeah? and really change, like I said before, from a case-by-case driven approach to a process thinking approach to overcome maybe silos that we are working in today and rather look on tax as a holistic topic. Thank That's you very nice. much. And Sveining, go ahead. I need your prediction. You've got 30 seconds. Vit, vit. Go ahead. Thank you very much, Bonnie. So what I think we're going to see in the tax function going forward is um, a lean tax function that does more with less and is full of automation approximately end-to-end. The tax professional of tomorrow will have to rely on or learn have to rely on technology and use the output of those technologies to drive business value as a whole, not only protecting but also creating value. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for focusing on a very important topic. You are all so smart, the three of you. You're way above my pay grade. But tax does apply to companies and to people. And as we know, tax deadlines have been changed around the world because of what we're not going to talk about. I'm just going to say thank you to the three of you. Thank you to Chris Grundy and your colleagues again for renewing ninth season for Financial Excellence with Game Changers. This continues to be one of our most popular Game Changers shows after out of all 46 series that I produce and host for SAP over the years. So here's my shout out. Fasten your seatbelt. Not that anybody's driving anywhere. It's metaphor, everybody. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Do something. Don't just sit there. Think, act, be, innovate, create, be creative. Go out and be a game changer today, just like Matthias Klein at BASF. Thank you so much, Matthias. Just like Svenen Bauman Larson at EY. Be safe, be healthy, get well soon, please. We're rooting for you. And just like Michelle Hasendocks at SAP. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. And here's my sign off on my email these days. Be safe. Be smart. Be well. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.